Welcome to the Punters, mate, on SEN. Hello and welcome to this Friday afternoon. It is Derby Eve and what a week we had of, have ahead of us. Uh, it's just such a great week. The VRC Carnival, It is there is nothing better. And uh, I, my name is Sam Highland. As as normal, uh, normally it's Chris Nelson that is running the show and uh, I'm his offsider. But I'm taking charge this week because Chris Nelson is down in Melbourne enjoying, uh, obviously, Derby Day tomorrow, Melbourne Cup Day Tuesday, and just enjoying a big week of racing uh, ahead. So I've brought someone in off the bench, and it is top jockey Ryan Wiggins. I thought, go straight to the top. Get the man that's won the premiership in Queensland uh, last season and and get him on board. Wigo, welcome to the punters, mate. Thanks for being here tonight. Thanks, Sammy. Um, big, big, big boots to fill today, but uh, yeah, we should be right. Yeah. Now, uh, I tell you what, you've been in hot form. You've had a fantastic season. A uh, lot of hard work, and we've obviously had you on a, as a guest before. But uh, it's uh, and you know we we highlighted the fact that it's it's you know there's a lot that goes into it to have a gazillion rides and ride a gazillion winners. <laughs> yeah, a lot of travelling, Sammy. A lot of uh, miles on the in the planes and stuff like that. But yeah kind of getting used to it, and the, as long as the body's holding up, I'll, I'll just keep doing it. Yeah, tell us about how taxing it is uh, for a jockey. Um, you know, it's tough enough for y- your weight. It's hard enough for, y- for, uh, for you and your weight. now. And I think when you throw into the fact that you ride a lot up north, so mm. there's a lot of travel involved and trying to fit that all into obviously losing weight, um, you know, you live in Brisbane, you have to you have to fly up north for, for those meetings a couple of times a week. It's pretty hectic. Yeah, it's hectic and you gotta have a good manager, Sammy, as you know. So um he does all the groundwork for me and I just he just plans out my weeks, um a couple of weeks in advance and yeah, we get to these meetings and, and just do our best to ride as many winners as I can. Um, as you know, I struggle a little bit with my weight, which is not ideal flying up on planes and stuff like that. You get a bit dehydrated on planes. Um, but yeah, I've kind of worked out a system that helps me and and things are going good. This uh, this time of the week is is quite unique, isn't it? The, the VRC mm. Spring Carnival. You know, the Spring Carnival alone is huge in Melbourne and, and it's always such a big thing. But then when you get to this week, um, this is the grand final for horse racing, isn't it? And, uh, and I think it doesn't matter where you are based um, in Australia and even now around the world, mm. um, all eyes are, are on Melbourne this week. Yeah, it's a big week in Melbourne. Um, like you said, everyone in Australia follows it. Everyone around the world follows you got You know, the derbies and the and the Melbourne Cups and the Oaks and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's a big week and we love watching their, their racing down there. And, yeah, there's a couple of really nice races and a couple of really nice horses running on the weekend. So, yeah, hopefully um, start with a nice derby winner would be good and then roll into a Melbourne Cup would be good for a jockey. But, yeah, it's a big week. Sydney, they've got uh, they've got a big a yeah. big day on, on tomorrow also. There's... Um... There's a few big races there. Um, the is it the Rusty Bird or that Golden Eagle? <laughs> the, golden the Golden Eagle, Eagle that's right. Yeah, the Golden Eagle. It's obviously come in the last couple of years, and yeah, they've put a big show on New South Wales, trying to trying to top Melbourne. But look, you know, <laughs> Melbourne's one of those things. It's been around for a hundred years, and and everyone will still follow Melbourne. But yeah, they're doing their best, the best Sydney to keep their trainers there and a few of their jockeys too, by the looks of it. 
Yeah, and I, I, I noticed that um, obviously Craig Williams is, is riding in mm. Sydney tomorrow. I mean, that's a, that's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and I, I did see on social media during the week that, you know, Willow said, I've got to run a business and yeah. where he's got to get his best opportunities, well, hence the reason he goes well, to Sydney. Well, look, if you're, if you're riding on Saturday in Melbourne and you didn't have a, a cracking ride in the Derby, you'd nearly think if I could get a good ride in the, in the Golden Eagle, that's where I'd go. And obviously Willow's chose that and he's, he's good at picking his horses. So, yeah, he's chose the, to try and chase that race this weekend and obviously he'll be back for Melbourne on Tuesday anyway. But, yeah, it's, 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 it's really pulled jockeys and trainers um, away from this sort of meeting. And then, but at the same time too, it's always brought brought Sydney jockeys down to Melbourne too. So it's actually protecting the Melbourne jockeys a little bit, which is good to see as well. But um, also, like I said, keeping those Sydney jockeys in Melbourne, uh, in Brisbane, uh, in Brisbane, in Sydney for that big race. So if they keep putting these big prize money races on, the jockeys will definitely stay. We go, you yourself, is, uh, you've got a ride at Bow Desert this uh, weekend, which is really interesting <laughs> because he's Jericho Cup bound and the Jericho Cup is, uh, well, it's it's a fantastic initiative from of Bill Gibbons and his family, and and his Bill is so passionate about it, and and it was all Bill that that has uh, put the work into this to get it off the ground, and and it is such a success. It's easily uh, a, a massive race day at Warrnambool. The Warrnambool Carnival obviously is their biggest, but but this is uh, running second for sure and such a popular day. It, it means a lot to the Gibbons family and, and a lot to, to people in Victoria, um, the Jericho Cup. But it is so good that uh, this horse from Queensland yeah. is he's going round in this race of Bow Desert, and then he's uh, looks like he's Jericho Cup bound. It's crazy that they have even have heats in different states, which is really good. So it's a very good initiative, and yeah, like you said, uh, Jared Wheeler from Rockhead, and he's he's come up with this crazy master plan to, to have this horse run in this race. So it's bred to run a trip, and it can run a trip, and yeah, it's he's heats on uh, sa- uh, Saturday at um, Bow Desert over. 3,090 metres. I don't even know how many laps that is, but I'm going to have to really have to do my form there because it's a very, I think it's a mile all the way around, Bow Desert. So, yeah, he's won there over 2,500, which is a good start from uh, most of the horses in the in the race haven't won there over that sort of trip. So, yeah, he's, he's go as he, he wins or worst case scenario, if I ride it bad and it doesn't win, there's still another lead at race there, I think, at Mooney Valley. So, another heat. So, no, win, lose or draw, Jared's going, ready by design. Um, the crazy Irishman owns it. And so I'm dare sure he knows, I dare say he knows a few Irish jockeys that he could find for this race if he gets in the in the race in the Jericho. But um, yeah, that's the way he's heading. The Mark, uh, that is uh, Mark Walsh, of course. He's head of the Irish Mafia in, in Melbourne. <laughs> he, knows, he knows every Irishman in Queensland. He does. He's the best. He's the best. Uh, best of luck to Walshy and Jared. And, and Jared does a fantastic job with yeah. his horses. And, and you're a big part of that stable. Yeah. Um, he's one of the trainers I ride for when I travel up north. And, um, yeah, he, he buys a lot of uh, or gets a lot of horses from uh, Brisbane area and, you know, turns their form around. Um, he doesn't do too much different with them, I don't think. He just doesn't work them as hard. It's obviously a bit hot up there and obviously the race is a bit weaker. But once they start hitting winning form, he's, he's not scared to bring them back down this way and, and try and attack sort of, you know, Brisbane races. So, But, yeah, this horse has been on the radar for him for a while um, to, to head that way. He was kind of heading towards the uh, Cairns Cup last year, but um, it's probably the Cairns track didn't suit too much. Obviously a tight track there, a horse that needs to get going. So, But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting if he wins on Saturday and seeing him going around at Warnable Carnival meeting would be very interesting. <laughs> Best of luck there. Uh, yeah, well, he's, uh, it's, uh, we're going to follow, definitely we'll be following him closely uh, on Saturday and then uh, ahead to the Jericho Cup. As I say, it's such a fantastic uh, race day. 
Cox Plate Day last Saturday. Uh, oh, we go. I backed yeah. Juas. Uh, I tipped it. Uh, I backed it at twenty six dollars. I backed it at thirty one. <laughs> I backed it at forty one. Has it got out yet? It never got <laughs> off the bit. I'm telling you, it should have won. It should have yeah. won. It was an interesting race. Uh, the Cox Plate. It was an exciting finish, and I guess. Um, you know, uh, what was it? Two lengths between the yeah. first seven horses um, and, and the Hong Kong horse comes out on top. Yeah, obviously um, watching the race live, the tempo wasn't real great. Um, obviously the, the field compacted a lot. And I, I was actually trying to keep my eye on Fangirl. That was sort of my f- sort of pick with Zach Purton. And, um, but I thought, oh, when they come around the corner, I thought, oh, if Alligator Blood comes off their back three deep, he, he won't get beat. You know, he's in the right spot. And, yeah, obviously the Hong Kong horse come to the outside and J-Mac timed his run perfectly and, Got another Cox plate. But, um, yeah, like you said, two lengths between the whole field. I'm fangirl. Like, it was the same as your horse running up backsides all the way. And there'll be a lot of horses come out to that race and win. Obviously, they're all good horses anyway. But there'll be a lot of horses coming out in the next few weeks winning races for sure. J-Mac, he's, uh, he's, he's a freak, isn't he? I yeah. mean, he's uh, we're, we're seeing Damien Oliver hang up the boots uh, at, the end of, uh, at the end of the year. And he's finishing his career in Perth where it all started for him which I think is a fantastic thing. And he's been such an outstanding jockey. But then you see J-Mac and, and you know, when he wins the Cox Plate last week and I was like, this bloke's well on the way to breaking uh, the record, he, you know? He, like, for a long time, he's been well on the way for beating all the records we have in Australia. You know, he's because he's, he's doing it such a young age already. He's killing it. And like you said, though, like all the media about the horse and, and they were, everyone was kind of potting the horse saying its run was – I was of the same same view that the horse might have run a bit average first up. But, geez, it come from Hong Kong, have its first up run. Like you got to give him a bit of a leeway there. And he knew what he was doing. He, he's got a good connection with the horse. And, yeah, he got the, he got the job done on Saturday. We go. And Tino was a sick beat there. Yeah. Um, Blake Shin, I, I, I'm sure if he had his time again, he, he presses forward and holds yeah. that, that thing out and, and – uh, you and I are obviously uh, mates with Jimmy Orman yeah. and, and, you know, felt for Jimmy when, when he got the chop after yeah. that first up run. But it's, um, yeah, what what did you think of the Antino race? Um, yeah, look, it was the same sort of situation as Jimmy. I sort of, I just think this horse probably, and don't get me wrong, this horse is probably six months away of even reaching his, his, his potential. So, look, probably just not the right races or the right tracks, you know, taking tight runs on him. Obviously, he's not the go with him. Um, he was running his best races in Queensland when he was just jumping and leading, to be honest. So I wouldn't be surprised if next prep they sort of go back to that sort of situation where they're, they're riding him a lot closer on the speed. But, yeah, another hard luck story the other day, Blake Shin to Jimmy Orman, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I feel for the connections. And Tony, obviously, Tony would have been stressing out a bit about in the run there. Uh, I don't think I would have liked to be in Blake, but, look, you know, um, I think it's just been a horse, a victim of circumstances this last couple of runs. And and I think Mooney Valley can lend itself to, to oh, things yeah. like that happening, can't yeah. it? And and with that horse, um, to be fair to the horse, he's he's like a big striding yeah. horse and he, he looks like if he's up there and and he's out and rolling, it it's he seems th- to just race better when he's out of trouble. He's yeah. a nice big horse and, and like I said, when Jimmy rode him and he had to go to the inside, he hasn't had to make those um, sort of situations in races come to fruition. So he's always been up on the bunny and made all his luck up there. So hopefully they go back to that, that the riding him that way next prep. Jimmy Orman, uh, speaking of Jimmy, uh, he's riding in, in Dubai. Dubai this weekend. Yeah. And, and that's uh, a huge feather in his cap. And 
Uh, it's, yeah, obviously Michael Costa, who was um, Gold Coast based. Uh, he was really successful trainer up here and he's got a great opportunity there in Dubai. And it's great. Oh, I think it's fantastic that he's taking a, yeah. uh, Jimmy over. Yeah. Um, Jimmy obviously asked me about it too. And I said, mate, it's two weeks. Like it, it, it'd be the best thing in the world for you to go over and see something different. And Jimmy's a very good rider. And like you said, Michael Costa had a bit of luck. And I think they um, had a bit of luck together when, when Michael was in uh, Brisbane. So, um, yeah, it'd be good for him. I'm, I'm glad he gets, I think he, I think he said he gets to have a ride at Maydan at one of the meetings there. So that'd be great. It's a big eye opener for him. That'll be for sure. Um, a young kid from Gatton, but, um, he's come a long way, Jimmy, but, um, yeah, yeah you know what, Jimmy's, he, he stays in his lane a fair bit, Jimmy. Like I know he went to Melbourne and rode that horse and copped a bit of flack and that sort of thing, but hopefully this will give him a bit of confidence to say, look, I can, I can go around the world and, and probably sort of match it with the big boys too when I need to. Robbie Dolan, we had him as a guest on the Punters Mate last week. He rode a soapy bubble last Sunday at the Sunny Coast, and he's going to make a good fist of things here. Yeah, another lightweight jockey in the ranks in Queensland, which will be good. Not many lightweight jockeys around, but yeah, riding a double last weekend in town will definitely get him kick, kicked off there in Brisbane. Um, and riding a winner for Muncie is obviously a feather in his cap. He's not easy to ride for Muncie, but um, yeah, got a two-year-old winner there for, for Chrissy, and um, yeah, things, will, should, things should go good for him. Muncie's going to be a guest of ours uh, very shortly, so uh, I thought I'd just go straight to the top, get Ryan Wiggins on board and then get Muncie on board. And uh, it's uh, really looking forward to that. And he would be uh, probably our most famous jockey trainer, uh, get on the punters, mate, that's for sure. And I thought it would be fitting that we should talk to Muncie, uh, being Melbourne Cup week, he's won one. And uh, one of uh, only eight jockeys to win the Grand Slam for jockeys Back to uh, Robbie Dolan. I, I did a show yesterday with uh, Sammy Collett, and um, she was sporting Robbie Dolan merch. Was she really? Uh, he's got his own merch. How good's that? <laughs> I think the career, the singing career, like might have kicked his merch off a little bit. But he did. I think he had the merch. I think it was sort of that sort of stuff kicked off in Sydney a few years ago, and he was one of the first ones to get on board there. He, he loves his green, obviously. But uh, yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, someone that uh, we're both uh, are good friends with, Will Holbert, and uh, the Holbert stable, they've been having a run of seconds, but uh, Conquistadores came through with the goods uh, on Wednesday, and well done to Pete and Will. They, they do a great job with their horses, and uh, yeah, it was good to see that horse get the money. Yeah, good small team there, Will and uh, Pete, and yeah, it was good to see him get a winner in, in, in town on a Wednesday and and finally have that, that run of seconds and thirds out of the way, and hopefully they can keep going on with it. Uh, another thought horse that uh, I thought was amazing last week uh, in Peritrez, uh, winning last Saturday in, in the sprint race, uh, the Kiwi jumped and led up and, and just blew them apart. We go and it, it's, you know, I, I think, um, uh, well, you just think those Kiwi horses, they're so tough and hardy, aren't they? And and she was really, I thought after they'd gone a furlong, gee, she might be being ridden upside down this going, but a, going a bit keen. Yeah. She was just too good. She was way too good. And I, I seen a little a clip of a, a picture um, on uh, social media after the meeting well, uh, during the week. And you can see Opie Boston with the biggest smile on his face <laughs> down the run. And as you, as you know, as a jockey, you, you know when you, you can kind of get on a horse that can turn have a turn of foot like that, especially at that sort of track. And they, they, the opposition was nowhere to be seen. And oh, this horse will just, obviously, it's been knocking up winning races anyway, but it's going to keep knocking up winning races. Touching uh, on the Kiwi theme, uh, 
I showed you off air before we did the show today some footage of uh, Celine Gaudry last week uh, riding in New Zealand oh, and yeah. the, the horse doing a, a left-hand turn. <laughs> Unbelievable she stayed mm, with it. She did. She did a really good job. It's the first time I've seen it. And, uh, yeah, she did a really good job. Um, like, you, like you know yourself when you're riding horses, when a horse ducks out like that and you, you kind of grab the right rein and think, oh, well, we'll stop doing it now. Well, the horse even went further left. So she did a really good job and, yeah, did a good job not to, to make a mess of it, that's for sure. Racing in Queensland this weekend. Well, it is absolutely huge. Derby day uh, today, uh, tomorrow, should I say. Eagle Farm, Bow Desert, Gold Coast Polly, Barkledine, as Campbell Brown calls Barkledine. it, or Bar <laughs> to Queenslanders, uh, Cloncurry, Dolby, Home Hill, Yapoon, and, of course, uh, Toowoomba on Saturday night up the range. And uh, Melbourne Cup Day, well, there's more of the same. So many race meetings in uh, in Queensland, which is fantastic. Eagle Farm on uh, Tuesday, Gold Coast Polly, uh, Toowoomba, Bundaberg, Charleville, Cumbia. Do you know where Cumbia is? I wouldn't have a clue. I don't know. I think it. that's a question now. It's Bubba Tilly. <laughs> Mount Isa, uh, Townsville, Mackay, and Gladstone. Uh, Gladstone, where, 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 where's Gladstone? Is it about up near um, Glad- Rocky? I think I think Gladstone's about 50 metres. Uh, I could be wrong. Uh, south of Rockhampton. Okay. It's a dirt track. I know that for sure because um, – our good friend Nathan Grubby Day told me he rode there once and said it was a bit wild. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, dirt track. Shout out to Grubby who uh, is uh, having the time of his life in Bali. He seems to be. Uh, I don't know if he's going to come back. Oh, really? <laughs> Holidaying well is uh, and good on him. He's uh, he's had a tough year and uh, just overcoming an injury with a uh, broken wing, which is hasn't been ideal. But uh, yeah, he looks like. Uh, isn't it? Isn't I, it? Isn't it crazy when we look at these these meetings on these days that how much how many more meetings Queensland has than everywhere else? In I Australia? know they do a they do a good job Queensland racing to keep these meetings going these non tab meetings out the bush for all the the participants and the jockeys and trainers it's crazy I know I know this our state's big but yep. that's wild isn't it and and the thing is to to get jockeys to to go to all those different meetings yeah. you know I mean there's there's some guys that you really don't hear about because. They only ride at these sort in of race certain meet. areas, yeah. Like, I know Mount Isa and, yeah, Concurry and Barcourton. Like, I've never been to any of these tracks. Obviously, they're all dirt tracks, and they generally race at non-tabs. But, geez, the clubs, that must do a good job to keep them going. Yeah, and, and I think uh, they rely on a lot of volunteers yep. and, and people um, that are just passionate about horse racing country to keep people, it going. That's country it. people, which is Which is a great thing, and it counts for so much to, to keep this great game going. Let's get to our first guest uh, today, and it is Chris Munts, uh, the Queensland Hall of Fame jockey. He's uh, he's a great trainer and, and obviously was an outstanding jockey. Muncie, welcome to the punters, mate. Thanks, Sammy. No, it's great to be on, mate, and, uh, yeah, lovely talk to you. I've got Ryan Wiggins on board here. Uh, he's my offsider today with Chris Nelson being in Melbourne, and I think, uh, well, you, you know Wigo very well because uh, – you use his services uh, often. Yeah, we sure do. No, we go to. He's a he's a great asset, good rider, and more importantly, he's a, he's a terrific bloke. We go long. We go way long way back, don't we, Muncie? <laughs> yeah, no, we sure do, mate. Yeah, I think long time. I, I think, long Sammy. Time. I think I even rode his first ever Metropolitan winner as a trainer. Really? Yeah. Pre- uh, yeah what was it no, called? True. Perplexity at the Gold Coast. Yeah. yeah. No. Just the, the front. Away you go. Thank you, mother, the for the rabbits. How good. Now, Muncie, uh, when I was doing my homework for the punters, mates, uh, last night and 
I was going through uh, some of your great wins, and of course, you are one of only eight jockeys to ride the Grand Slam in in horse racing, and uh, it's well, it's just such a fantastic thing, isn't it? I mean, we've seen so many outstanding jockeys over the years, but to win the Big Four in the Grand Slam, uh, obviously the Golden Slipper the Cox Plate, the Caulfield Cup and the Melbourne Cup, it is, uh, yeah, it's an amazing feat. Oh, it's a great thrill, yeah. It's, um, you know, there's certainly there's times it's it's not easy. I can I can assure you that it's <laughs> not an easy feat to do. But uh, and there's plenty of times uh, through my career riding where I, I probably doubted whether I'd ever get to the to the fourth one. It's always the last the, the last leg of the of the uh, the triple of the crown, which is the hardest to get, which was the Caulfield Cup. So. Uh, but look, when I, after I won her on Desperado, it was a, it was a great thrill and great relief. Uh, you spent a, a, in your time of being a jockey, you spent a, a good association with Gay Waterhouse. Tell us about what it was like riding for Gay, and and uh, how much pressure was there was riding for Gay. Oh, look, she was great. So riding for Gay, um, I got to say, it wasn't a lot of pressure. She was very very good to ride for, as far as I was concerned. You know, she would always. It was always pretty straightforward, and and um, you could always be assured that her horses were very fit, and um, you know you could probably do things on her horses that you wouldn't normally do, you know, like spend a little bit more petrol on rolling forward or, or whatever you had to do, um, and you could be you'd be pretty comfortable knowing that they'd be still have uh, a good tiger-like finish at the end of the race. And I guess her her instructions. Um... Uh, to in in riding, it's it's pretty consistent the way they ride uh, Gay's horses, or you know the way you see jockeys ride Gay's horses. It's always jump and and be positive in the run, isn't it? Yeah, she doesn't like any of that fancy jockey tricks, getting back in the ruck and you know <laughs> running the bad luck and all that sort of thing. She's you know she's she's more than happy to to you know get her horses up on the speed, you know, in the first half a dozen or so, and um, you know made a fittest horse win from there and. And usually her horses are uh, very strong at the finish. Hey, um, Chrissy, we've been me and uh, Sammy have been talking about obviously the last couple of weeks of racing in Melbourne. Obviously, Cox played into sort of all the way all the way into the Melbourne Cup. Um, I had a bit of association with you in in Sydney when you obviously rode Savabil. I got a chance to sit on his back a couple of times track work, and you took the ride up in the Cox Plate there. Um, over, over this last week or the last couple of weeks of racing we have in they have in Melbourne at the moment, what was your sort of your biggest thrill as a jockey? Was it like the Cox Plate or or was it the Melbourne Cup? Like it's been such a it's such a big week, obviously with the Derby there as well. What was one of the the favourite wins of yours the, um, leading into this sort of week? Yeah, it's it's, it's funny, you know. We go to it's a good question because I mean, like all them them bigger races, they've all I suppose got a different story to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the Melbourne Cup. I think every jockey wants to win a Melbourne Cup, and just the history of it all. And you know, the story with her is I went to New Zealand in the in the uh, January to ride a horse called Aerosmith in the Auckland Cup, and um, ended up coming off second best to to a horse called Jezebel that beat me in the Auckland Cup. So. Um, you know, and then was managed to get the ride on her through to that big race. And then obviously Savabil, well, that was another story. I mean, I'd sort of sworn off riding three-year-olds. I, I, I'd had four or five rides on three-year-old colts before that, and none of them had really aimed up. And I, I said to my manager at the time, I didn't want to ride any more colts, three-year-old colts in the Cox, Cox Plate, because they just don't win mm-hmm. in the Cox Plate, yeah. Um, and he raced it, oh... He said, he said, I think you better ride this horse, Savabil. You can ride it in the in the um, Spring Champion Stakes and then the Cox Plate. And I'm, oh, okay. So anyway, he won the Spring Champion Stakes. And after that, I thought, oh, well, I'm, 
I'd better give give it one more <laughs> shot, you know, to ride the fifty eight and a half. And yeah, but it was lucky it was lucky he twisted my arm to ride him, but um you know, the three year olds have to be a certain a certain quality of horse to be able to win a Cox plate, I can promise you. And the the whole um, Jezebel story was was an interesting one, and and funny you should mention Aerosmith. I remember Peter Hurdle trained Aerosmith, didn't he? Was it correct? Yeah, did, I thought. Yeah, I remember yeah, he used did. to stay with Maloney's at uh, at Caulfield when he he brought Aerosmith over. I reckon I rode at work a few times actually, and uh, uh, yeah, he was he's a good man. And that getting back to that Jezebel story, Brian Jenkins trained Jezebel, and and uh, it it was well it. It had bad luck. It had bad luck in the Caulfield Cup leading into the Melbourne Cup, didn't it? Yeah, it did. No, um, both Eddie Wilkinson and myself. Uh, Eddie was on a mare called Champagne, and I was on Jezebel, and we were just getting the, the the best runs ever. I was sort of three pairs back, four pairs back the fence, and just starting to work, build my momentum up, and work into the race really well. And um, the leader and eventual winner, Torfin's Melody, with Ray Cochran on board, run off the track about you know six, seven, eight horses off wide off the corner in the middle of the track, and so we we were making ground up the inside to to probably I, I do believe that we were going to fight the finish out, and um, we were both put through the fence, so <laughs> <laughs> we we didn't end up we didn't end up coming out of that race real well, but um, you know as it turned out that you've always got to look at things on a positive side, and um, ours were both put out of the race, but we never got penalised for the Melbourne Cup, which probably helped us uh, for the first Tuesday in November. And did you go into that, that Melbourne Cup being pretty confident? Yeah, no, I did. I mean, she'd, uh, had, the, she'd had the ideal prep, and I could feel from the first day I rode her, I think I gave her three or four, um, had her on rides on her three or four times before the Melbourne Cup, and you could just feel every time I hopped on her, she was starting to improve. She was a very sturdy mare. She was a Zabiel. Man, she used to get herself very sturdy and worked up, but the fitter she got and um, the the further she got in her preparation, the better she was. And come Melbourne Cup day, she just breezed down to the barriers beautifully, but tucked her head down and just just like you'd like stayers to do, and just felt felt unbelievable going to the gates. And so um, yeah, no, I, I knew she was always going to be there, strong at the end of two miles. Me and Sammy have had a. a few conversations about horses relaxing in races. How much of a big thing is that for a Melbourne Cup, Muncie, to like, you know, on a big day like that, a massive crowd, and, and for your horse to be so relaxed going to the gates and obviously your horse to settle in a race to win such a big race like a Melbourne Cup? Yeah, no, they do. Like, it's, it's a big race. It's a big, you know, great atmosphere. And you're right, the horses have to be cool, calm and collected to be able to compose themselves and get into their rhythms in the race and just relax and breathe and to be able to be strong at the finish. Although I think you remember a horse, Sammy, called maybe better that Brian Mayfield yeah. Smith trained. Yeah. Um, he was, he was the complete opposite to Stephen Arnold oh, rode him in a lead up to the Melbourne cup and he won. Um, and he was just this, he was probably the, the strongest, hardest going horse I've ever ridden in a race in my life. And, um, I rode him in the Melbourne cup and all Brian said to me before the race was, he said, just don't start him up out of the gates. Just come out, you know, soft on him and get him to switch off. Well, getting past the winning post the first time, my arm was just numb and dead, and I'm bright. Corey ran out of me. I said, mate, I'm in trouble here. And all he could say to me, he just said, sit there, son. Sit there, son. <laughs> Hold it. <laughs> well, I, 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 can, I can tell you I know that horse firsthand, uh, Muncie. I actually won his first start 
at uh, Mooney Valley, thousand meter race at Mooney Valley, uh, maybe better. And I yeah. I remember riding him work and coming home and saying to my old man, I tell you what, we're gonna have a bet here because this <laughs> is an absolute moral. And it sat back last, yeah. circled the field and and won by three at Mooney Valley, carrying me. And <laughs> I tell you what, um, to to see that he ended up running in a Melbourne Cup and the fact that mm. you, you got him round in a Melbourne Cup is quite amazing oh. because he, I, I used to ride the horse work and he, he riding him, when Brian had sent you out to go two laps, Oh my gosh! It was like it was like a block of cement you were hanging on. So, Chrissy, it's actually Sammy's yeah. fault. The horse used to go that hard. <laughs> <laughs> the track rider. <laughs> oh, no, I knew it because that day, I mean, Brian obviously was excited. He had a Melbourne Cup runner, and and I, he actually said to me after the race, and I, we we ended up running third behind the two Japanese horses. Yeah, and um, it was it was actually an incredible feat for the horse to to race. And travel the way he did, so strong and so fierce, to still battle on and run third. And um, I remember after the towards the end of the day, Brian come in and he said to me, "Oh, Chris, he said that was one of the best days in racing." And like he's trained, you know, Group One winners galore all around exactly. the world and in Australia, and you know, leading trainer in New South Wales. And he said, "Chris, he said that was one of my one of my best days at the races. That horse just running third in the Melbourne Cup." So you know, it meant a lot to him, even though he didn't win. It just meant a lot to him for the horse to race the way he did. So good, so good, great memories. Now let's uh, see if we can get a winner. You've got uh, uh, tomorrow at uh, Eagle Farm, Divine Force, Robbie Dolan on board, drawn a good gate. Yeah, nice filly. She drew the car park first up and was still uh, able to win. So um, you know, I think she she's only going to improve from then. I hadn't really intended to run her, but I, I felt we need a bit more prize money to, to get in the million. So um, depending on what happens tomorrow, we'll determine whether I give her another run before the millions or whether I just go straight into Magic Millions Day. But, um, yeah, she's a nice filly. She's just a real little pro, good, great. She'll get the right run. And She looked like um, a horse the other day, Chrissy, that, that, that she would uh, definitely get 1,200 metres sort of horse. I think she will, mate. Yeah, yeah. the way she was hitting yeah, the I line. I think she will, yeah. Hit the line very strong, and what I liked about it was like she'd never been touched with the with the stick before at all. As you know, me two year olds, yeah. I don't don't usually hit them in that. And when um, she did get a bit of a smack around the tail, she really stuck her head out and had a good go there and managed to win. So it was a, it was a good effort, and um, yeah, I think she's quite a nice filly. And you've obviously got Finskill in there at Eagle Farm too. A bit of a frustrating horse, but um, comes off getting defeated at Eagle Farm last start. A um, bit of an awkward gait on Saturday. Um, how do you think he'll run? Yeah, I think he'll race well. He's a sort of horse. He likes them good true run races. He doesn't like the small fields where there's no speed and he gets back and um, he just he, he just he's one of them horses. He'll always turn up and race well for you in them big fields, high pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think tomorrow, like the horse is racing very well. He he carried sixty odd kilos there two starts back when he won. And the other day, I just think they went too slow. That was a sit and sprint and. It really didn't work out to him, but um, look, I think he's he's racing well. The horse is racing well, and I think the quicker they go, it gives him a chance to finish off. And you've got my old mate Jetty in the last race, uh, Mark Duplessis, Barry Eleven. How do you think he'll run? He's going well. No, Jetty, he ran terrific first up. Twelve hundred was too short for him, obviously, but he still um, right, finished off well. He's only beaten a couple of lengths, so um, he'll he'll keep stepping up in distance to a mile start in two weeks' time, but I think, um, you know, where he's drawn there tomorrow, he'll probably have to get back a little bit, depending on the speed of the race, and um, he's, he's racing well. 
Muncie, uh, great memories and great great stuff uh, reflecting on some huge wins. And uh, I hope you have a, a great Melbourne Cup week and best of luck tomorrow. Good on you, Sammy. Thanks, mate. Thanks for the go. See you, Bill. There is Chris Muntz. Uh, he's an absolute superstar, isn't he? And, uh, yeah, his horse is uh, definitely worth following uh, because he's got some nice runners, uh, that's for sure. The stable's going well, isn't it, Wigger? Yeah, the stable's flying and obviously coming off Finally winning his, his maiden group one winner now. I think Chrissy sort of over the next five to ten years will, will keep doing that sort of thing. So big effort from a, a jo- such a good jockey to win so many big races as a jockey and then win a group one as a trainer. Obviously, it's a, a massive thing. And, um, yeah, it's really been interesting to watch his career progress as a trainer. Let's get a break out of the way and we will come back on the other side because it's tipping time and we will try and find some winners for a big weekend of race. This is The Punters, Mate, on SEN. Welcome back to The Punters, Mate, and yeah, let's talk. Uh, This is one of Chris Nelson's uh, favourite segments on the show, The Captain, and he's not here today, but... uh, uh, he's down in Melbourne enjoying Melbourne Cup Week and I just thought we'll run with the talking point segment uh, this week on the punters, mate. And I thought hard tracks is, is an interesting topic. Uh, we go, I can bring you in on this. And uh, for myself, I, I know you read a lot on social media these days about punters that, you know, they like to bet on on hard tracks and, um, you know, the firmer the better and, and you, you obviously, you know, it, it, it's a bit of a common theme with, with punters. Uh, as a horse person myself, I'll give my opinion that I, I think it's um, terrible. I think it's disastrous. I mean, at the end of the day, we we need horses to bet on, and so we need them to be as sound and, and as good as they are in themselves for as long as they can be. And, you know, um, when we get firm tracks, it, it's, you know, I mean, a, an example is, is Luna Flair tipped up last week after Friday night's meeting going around in the Mooney Valley Cup, you know, and and it's, you know, Marty Sinan, he's a great track manager and they, they do a super job there at Mooney Valley, but firm ground is, you know, it's 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 a bit firm on the Friday night because they know they've got a big day on the Saturday um, of, of racing and, you know, Luna Flair goes to the races, pulls up with warm leg the next morning, it's retired and it was a live Melbourne Cup chance we go and, you know, I, I, you just want to put it out there that that um, softer is better for yeah. for me, um, and I'm sure you can vouch for this as a jockey riding a horse on firm ground. You, you can nearly feel the jar in their teeth, can't you? Yeah, obviously when the tracks are a bit hard, when you you know yourself when you're galloping on, on or even racing on them, you can you can feel nearly feel every every muscle and bone in their body rattling. So yeah, look we've sort of gone away from soft tracks. I don't know why the last five to 10 years, like 10 years ago, like we seem to be running on soft tracks all the time, but now it seems to be the tracks are getting firmer and obviously you know, the welfare of horses is, is paramount. And so, so is the jockey's safety. So look, running times and, and betting turnovers, obviously betting turnovers, obviously a, ma- a major thing that keeps racing rolling, but at the same time too, we've, we've really got to stop and, and, and go back to worrying about the horse too. And I don't think there's no, no, 
reason why we should even be racing on a good track, to be honest. A, mm. a day should start on a, a soft four or soft five, and then as the day progresses, obviously on a hot day or wind, you always see tracks during the day get, get harder as the, as the day goes on. So, yeah, look, it's a lot's changed the last five to ten years, and like you said, uh, unfortunately with horses like that, missing out on a Melbourne Cup. But um, they do a good job, these track managers and these tracks. And unfortunately in Queensland, we're a little bit different than most states where uh, probably Melbourne and, and a little bit of Sydney, they're, they're fiddling around with their tracks, trying to get their tracks firmed for these days where we're trying to steer away from having our tracks as firm because we have such dry weather and warm weather up here. So, and the humidity, but um, yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it obviously as well, but um, yeah, I think we forget about the horse sometimes and we really need to go back and worry about the horse than, than the punter sometimes. That's it. And, and at further to this, um, you know, and, and I said it on trackside during the week about, training facilities, how important it is to have A1 training facilities because without the horse, we have nothing to bet on, you know? Well, we and don't, we don't have an industry, Sammy, you know what I mean? And, and, and the horse is the major part of everything. And it, it's about keeping them safe and, and keeping the people that are working around them safe. So if that's having the tracks a bit softer and obviously this day and age too, we've, we've sort of moved to synthetic tracks to, to probably soften things up a little bit, but at the same time that the synthetic tracks have pros and cons as well, where at the stage where they, um, if they work them too hard on them synthetic tracks, they, they can pull muscles and things like that because they're a little bit loose. So, you know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. We're, we're trying to help the horse out at one stage and then at the other end, you know, we're, we're having to train. They're having to train. They're having the way they train the horses to change because of these tracks as well. For sure. Well said. Uh, there is our talking point for this week on The Punters, mate. Let's get to uh, Sausage of the Week. There is the sausage music, and I tell you what, we go. This is a segment that uh, Chris Nelson and I do, and Chris, I started it actually, but I always sort of join in and have one, and I found one this week. It's a horse that, you know what, he starts favourite, he's probably not the most genuine, and he just doesn't deliver. And I found one this week, and it's Octavia. Octavio for uh, Chris Waller. Oh, my gosh. Sat up on speed. Jimmy gave it a sweet ride. Got in the straight and he said, nah, not today. Not today. <laughs> he ran fourth. He's still looking for his first win. I don't know how long That's he'll keep. Maiden. Yeah. Oh. I, I don't know how long he'll keep a box uh, at, in the Waller camp, but uh, I would think not for too much longer. <laughs> he's uh, he's a bit of a battler and he's a sausage, I think, Octavio. Serial offender. Two-year-old for Matty Dale. Uh, started $4.40 and he's still coming. Got beat 12 lengths. So that's not real nice when they bring him up to Brisbane and, and they get beat like that. The older Mashani's give it a bit of a whiplashing. But uh, this serial offender, you might make a few um, mentions in this Sausage of the Week. Hopefully not for the owners and the trainer, but his name seriously suggests that. Yes, he's uh, he's hurt the punters a bit. He's hurt the punters a bit. Uh, now, let's get some tips out of the way here. And, of course, uh, I've got our South Australian horse racing tips here. And, of course, they can be found on Twitter at South underscore tips. And Anthony, our man there, has got uh, Morfittville track is a good four. Race one, number three, thirsty guest. Uh Race three, number four, Pivotal Force, each way. Race five, number three, Bristler, to win. And race eight, number eight, Chipson, each way. They are our tips from uh, our man in South Australia, Anthony, and uh, at 
South underscore tips. We're going to get to Gibbo and get his tips out of the way, and then uh, we'll throw a few tips out there. Let's get on to Gibbo. On the Gold Coast, in the sunshine, a holiday paradise. We go, when we hear that music, there is one man that, uh, well, it's the mayor of the Gold Coast, and that's Gibbo, and he has been tipping up a storm of late. Gibbo, welcome to the punters, mate, this week. Uh, I've got Ryan Wiggins on off the bench because Chris Nelson, he's in Melbourne, dead set, ready to tear it up this weekend. Swanning around, he'd be. Absolutely swanning around with Nelson. Uh, carrying on down there. How are you, Wiggo? Hey, Gibbo, how's things? Yes, good, mate. Good. I'm just out here trying to catch a bit of sun before this storm rolls in. Well, it looks like the look, weather looked a bit hairy this afternoon, didn't it? It does. It yeah. sure does. Now, how's... Hey, he's been going ha- in there without Chris. Uh, oh, no, you're right. What was that? Look, I think um, I've been stumbling Sense. along. I think I was over racing in the first 20 minutes. I we, was, we, I need, was... we, we need a gear change for Sammy, a crossover and noseband for Sammy. Yeah. Crossover noseband with tongue tie. I think I was rushing. And I, I like it when Chris is steering the ship and, and I'm just jumping in off the side. But it's uh, being in charge, I was tending to over race a little bit. Just just the yeah. self-observation here. But anyway, we... Look, yeah, I'm, I'm I, saying to you, let someone else steer the ship and just yeah, just go with it. As as I say, Gibbo, I've I've gone straight to the top. I've got Wigo on board uh, to come in this week, and we got Chris Munts on as a guest. So you know, I've I've filled a spot. It's been okay. Yeah, it's not all bad. Well. You've done well. It's not all bad. You've done well. And now we've got you and they to haven't just had to listen to Nelson. And and now we've yeah, got perfect. you to fill our pockets. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think we cleaned them. I think they all won last week, so we'll see if we can do the same this week. Let's do it. Um, a few at the coast. Um, price-wise, we'll just have to uh, wait and see, but oh, I think these can all run particularly well. First three races, race one, number one, Spirit of Mac uh, in the leading stable. Trials were good. Debut was good. We'll be better for the run. I think it clearly looks the one they have to beat. I think it could be winning the first. Um, then we go race two, number one, Pangaea. Was in the market. Both starts, initial prep was good. The first one, ordinary. The next may be an issue. Straight, uh, straight out to the paddock. The trial on this track was very good recently. So, not as keen this one, but um, off that trial, I suspect it it's shown a little bit and come back a better horse. So, race two, number one, can be winning. Um, and then race three, number six, Noble Style, lightly raced compared to a few of these. Uh, threw it away at the start last week on the quick backup. Got a nice action, this horse, and just think he's got a bit more upside than some of these that we know a lot about and sort of had their chances. So I think Noble Stiles, the other one, I think we can get the first three winners at the coast and have a play elsewhere after that. Build a bank, you little beauty. What about a Melbourne Cup tip, uh, Gibbo? Um, yes, uh, just going through it, I just... Look, this early out, I do respect the favourite that everyone's talking about. I think it's stable, made absurd, a little... Um, a little forgotten. I know the favourite did did uh, give it a bit of a telling a couple of starts back, but I just think Absurd, listening to the stable, has come on a bit, and um, I think it can run really well. And one that I don't want to put a line through, initially I did, was Valiant King, um, the, uh, the overseas horse, the UK horse, O'Brien. Um, I thought it looked a bit plain in the Caulfield Cup, but they went about 13 lengths faster than the average. Um, 
it was a brutal speed in the end, and I thought it was the best of those right up on the speed. And, you know, it was only a couple of lengths off Vauban a few starts back overseas. So I think it's sort of, you know, that overseas youngster coming 50 kilos, I would not be surprised if it bounced back. It might be 30 or $40 on the day. So I think Valiant King's the one that young maybe Zach, just have another little look at. Young Zach Lloyd to have his first ride in the Melbourne Cup on this horse? Yes. Yeah, that's a really good point. So I think it's a great pickup for him. I'd just, I'd, I'd just love to hear something sort of, bit of confidence come out in the stable the next day or two. And that would be enough for me to have something on at a big cross, I think. Gibbo, you're a star. Enjoy Derby Day, Melbourne Cup weekend. Thanks, legend. Good riding we go. See you, Gibbo. Gibbo. There is Gibbo. My tips for the weekend, Eagle Farm, uh, the Quaddy Legs. I am going race six, number 12, Terramedes. Race seven, number four, Poetic Drama. Uh, race eight, uh, number nine, I think it is, The Vowels for the Edmonds Camp. And then the last, my best of the day at Eagle Farm is... Race nine, number one, Go Wanji. Gee, I think he's a good horse. Oh, isn't it? I actually um, seen this race on uh, when I was flicking over the fields actually last night, Sammy. And this race, this last race, Go Wanji, obviously first up. Um, what a tough little race, but what a good little uh, good horse. It possibly could be a good horse. And Stewie Kendrick's got lost in transit in the race. Um, I see Peter Robles got rich on. Um, even Manhood first up um, there at the track. I think it's three goes for. Th- Three wins first up, so that last leg of the uh, last leg of the um, quaddy. quaddy there will be uh, a bit hard to get, but there's a few horses there that with definitely bright futures in Queensland, that's for sure. My Melbourne Cup tip is Vauban. I think uh, I watched that work uh, the other morning. He's an absolute jet. Uh, Willie Mullins brought Max Dynamite out here, who was good in in a Melbourne Cup. This horse would carry Max Dynamite, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Rich Ritchie and Willie Mullins uh, and Ryan Moore, they will clean up on Tuesday. Melbourne Cup tip for you, Wigo? I'm going to stick with uh, without a fight, Mark Zara. Um, obviously had to make a big decision about this one and, and gold trip, obviously. Um, yeah, I just liked his way, his win last start and fingers crossed. Um, you know, Mark Zara is winning these big races all the time, so I don't think it'll be upon a, a him to win two Melbourne Cups in a row. We go. Thanks very much for for joining us on the Punters, mate. Uh, this week, it's uh, as I say, over raced a bit early, but uh, settled down once once uh, once I got a check in the run. Uh, great to have uh, Chris Muntz on board, and hope everybody enjoys the VRC week of racing the Spring Carnival. It's such an exciting time, and. Yeah, just can't wait for the first Tuesday in November, the Melbourne Cup. Uh, It's going to be an absolute beauty. All the best, punters.